Hey everyone, I'm Jason Rosewell. Over there is Mark Skyhawk Heavy Denton, and that would make this Flightcast, the one and only Infinite Flight podcast. We would love to see you on Facebook and Twitter, so if you haven't already, hop over to facebook.com slash flightcastaudio or find us on Twitter at flightcastaudio and hit the like and or follow button. Well, Mark, I like getting updates on your video tutorials for our listeners right out of the gate, so what goodies do you have since our last episode? Well, last week I did the... uh from spawn to takeoff where you're actually departing the airspace today i'll actually be uh posting remaining in the pattern trying to get people to understand the difference between remaining in the pattern and departing the airspace and i think today people are really going to like what i put in there uh, as far as what left traffic means what right traffic means uh, which way is left which way is right Uh, so just be on the lookout for that that'll be posted here momentarily I sensed a little bit of tension in your voice when you said trying to get people to understand what remaining in the pattern means. Well, you know, and a lot of the controllers will 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 say this, and it's aggravating because, Jason, you and I, we tag a lot when we're working ATC. So, you know, when you have those people, the pilots that will take off or they'll request to take off, uh, remaining in the pattern, and then they turn left or right, but they climbed to 10,000 feet by the end of the runway and they're planning, they're going somewhere else. You know, I want people to have the understanding of what remaining in the pattern means, what departing the airspace means. And it's important that they know for the controller. So that way he knows how to properly control the airspace. So that's the idea of what we're trying to accomplish here is to educate everybody. What's the difference between the two also covered in the tutorial today that a go around does not mean yo i'm going around for a touch and go (laughs) yeah it means that you're going around because somebody's still on the runway or for whatever reason so i cover all that in the video today i love when i have people approaching my airport and they announce a go around oh well yeah you're at eight thousand feet so i guess that means you'd like to go around and around i don't know (laughs) <laughs> sure. You go right on ahead. Go around and enter left traffic while you're at it. That's right. Descend a pattern altitude. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that uh, tutorial video, as always, buddy. All right. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to putting it out there. Let's introduce our guests. If you're a fan and user of Infinite Flight, you have taken off from and hopefully landed at an airport. If you have, there's a very strong possibility that one of my guests today has either created that airport or has made improvements to it. This is a group of guys that can be easily overlooked because of the huge amount of work they do in the background for Infinite Flight. Most of us assume that paid developers are doing all the work, and while that's true for the most part, this team works tirelessly behind the scenes to bring you great airport layouts that continue to improve. Today I'm excited to welcome some members of the Infinite Flight Airport Editing Team. First from America, Spain, one of my first ever Flightcast guests and creator of Live Flight, Cameron Carmichael Alonso. From Glasgow, Scotland, Tom Kilt McHaggis Muir. From Indianapolis, Indiana, David Cutler. In Houston, Texas, and originally hailing from Norway, Henrik Berg. And from London, England, and currently attending Loughborough University, Jonathan Perkins. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Cam and Jonathan, you guys have been around since the start of this. Cam, why don't you give us a look into how it all got started? So it's been a couple of years now since uh, we started this off, and the team's grown quite 
largely actually uh we have had over 50 contributors now uh, from all over the world uh and that just started off with jonathan uh another guy called nick and myself uh originally this started off uh just as an effort to try and improve some of the busy airports around san francisco uh, i'm not sure if all of the listeners will remember but uh when life was first released uh half moon bay was where the action was at basically it was the airport that was automatically selected on uh whenever you started a, a live session and everyone went there i mean it didn't matter the server everyone was at half moon bay in san francisco the problem with this was the original layout only had four parking spots so you can imagine everyone was spawning in the four parking spots so eventually it became a bit of a mess so speaking this over with matt uh i i just started more than anything out of interest to see how this was done uh i I redid Half Moon Bay, uh, added more parking spots, uh, and did a couple more lines, and it went from there, really. Uh, started doing some of the larger airports that were a bit plain, and uh, then Jonathan and Nick started helping out, and it grew a lot from there. We started recruiting, and it's just grown exponentially until where we are today. Nice. Yeah, it's great because when people want to be involved with Infinite Flight, it usually doesn't stop at... at flying it either expands into air traffic controlling or you know they want to dig even deeper and so for us a bunch of nerds on this podcast it's just one more way that you can contribute and kind of lend some of your skills so jonathan how did you get started with infinite flight and uh cameron and airport editing well it um started when i i got infinite flight sort of uh about three three or four years ago on a $150 tablet and uh, you know, it was pretty good and but I thought the scenery was a bit uh, under par and then I joined the the the, the beta testing uh, program that they had and then Cameron said oh I've managed to work out a way of editing airports uh, uh, using another flight simulator for desktop and I thought oh that sounds quite interesting so I got involved and so did Nick the other guy and then we started editing airports and it was quite a quite a challenge there was a lot of learning involved learning how to use the software how to put it into the repository online and then how it gets to infinite flight so it was all very interesting and I must have done about 20-odd airports or, I don't know, I can't really remember, maybe more than that. And uh, a lot of them were quite detailed and quite time-consuming, and I enjoyed it. But uh, then I went to university, and uh, then I got quite busy. (laughs) So things have slowed down for you a little bit on this front. Yeah, yeah. uh, I, I used to do a lot of editing, but then I had different work to be doing in university and... Well, and I know you've been studying right now, so I appreciate you taking the time out to do this with us. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Thank you. So I, I've also I've come across some of Kilt McHaggis's charts, and uh, so Tom, first of all, I have to ask, where did Kilt McHaggis come from? I mean, I, I can take a guess, but why don't you explain it to us? Well, since I'm Scottish, it's uh, the ultimate Scottish name, Kilt. Scotsman Wortham, haggis is a Scottish dish, and Mick is, again, what you would use in a, a person's name. 
Right. Okay. So, uh, how, how did uh, you? What's the give us the kind of behind the scenes look at uh, your charts and how you got started with with that and what your interest is in airport editing. So first of all, I'm probably the world's worst pilot. That is not my thing. Oh, I, uh, I think Mark and I can beg to differ on that one. Well, I, I only fly maybe one hour a day, only when I'm exercising. I don't really fly. I really much more enjoy the drawings. I'm a mechanical engineer to trade. I've done drafting design since, uh, since I was 18. I'm now one of the more follically challenged of the group. I'm 52, so I have a bit of experience in 2D and 3D solid modeling. I've always been enamored with maps. Bring the two together and there you have it. They come together very well. I typically spend six hours a day or more actually doing uh, airport charts. It's just my thing. I've always been a data geek. Uh, I'm a, a certified master black belt uh, in Six Sigma and lean manufacturing. So data is really my thing. I've been in and around databases all my life. And as you can imagine, the back end of this, I have an access database holding all this together. Wow. So I, I was contemplating the idea of doing this episode, and uh, Cameron said to me, uh, or it might have been Henrik, said, you got to have Kilt on here because he's just a absolute rock star of airport editing and can bang out a huge beta airport in like two hours. The chances are, if you're flying in one of the big international airports, Tom has done it, yeah. or he's done something to it. I mean, he his airports are incredible quality, and as well, the time he dedicates. I mean, we're so lucky to have someone like him on the team. So, Tom, are you retired at this point? Are you still working as an engineer? Or, I mean, six hours a day on airports is a lot, so I'm, I'm assuming that you're not engineering anymore. That is incorrect. I'm 52. I work for Caterpillar, Inc. Uh, we make... Uh, diesel engines in the factory I look after. I'm a, an engineering manager there. I'm just a data geek. I wow. can't help it. Wow. Fantastic. Well, we're very lucky to have you. Thanks for uh, being on the call, and thanks for uh, all you do for Infinite Flight. Um, we're going to come back to you in a bit, Tom, here. Um, we'll get to some of the other guys. David, thanks for being here, and, and how did you get started in airport editing, and what is it that you love about it? All right, so I joined uh, the airport editing team about a year ago. Uh, I was talking to Axel, uh, whatever, how you say his French name, it's, it's a bit weird. European guys it. might know. Yeah, uh, but I was talking to him, and he introduced me to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Uh, he, he introduced me to Cameron, and we just started setting up from there, and uh, the rest is kind of history, but... Uh, the thing I like about most uh, with the airport editing teams is it allows me to connect and work with people uh, from around the country and even from around the world. Uh, it allows me to give back like to the developers for developing such like a, an awesome app, and it allows me to make friends along the way. And you can also ask Henrik how good I am at GitHub. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> you a version version control expert? <laughs> um. Yeah, sort of, I guess. All right. So why and why don't we just move to Henrik then, since we uh, since we mentioned him, uh, Henrik? Same question for you. How did you get involved with this group, and what to you is the most rewarding part? So uh, I got started uh, when uh, Philippe, uh, the guy from the forum, he made um, the developer category public to everybody, and then I kind of checked out the category and. Um, 
I saw a couple topics about airport editing, so I kind of read through them, and uh, I was quite interested. So um, I contacted Cameron, and then asked if uh, if I could join the team. And uh, I joined the team, and uh, at first I was terrible at editing. Like my first edit was probably uh, like moving a taxi line or something. It was really bad. I can um, confirm it was terrible. It was really bad. <laughs> okay, okay. And, um, yeah, and then uh, later, so that was early November when I joined the team. Then maybe a month later, I uh, contacted Cameron again because I saw Sean, one of the forum moderators. Uh, he was working with uh, navigation data. So I um, contacted Cameron and asked if I could join the navigation team and... Uh, I got accepted into that, and um, here I am as a uh, email reviewer for the airport editing team. The best thing about like airport editing itself is like uh, when you see your airport in infinite flight, like all the hard work you put into your airports, it's like very rewarding to see it in infinite flight. So, um, so yeah. Uh, Henrik, when you are you finish your airport, uh, then what happens? So you you've you you have to uh, push it somehow uh, using your version control software uh, and it goes where well um, there's kind of two ways to uh, to do this the first way is to email so you can email your airport to airports at lifelightapp.com and then one of the email reviewers will uh, take a look at it and kind of review it or you could also um, uh, if you have right access to the repository then you can push automatically via some like GitHub, uh, GitHub stuff, and um, yeah, I could do it that way. Okay, so um, Cam, once that's ha- once that happens, you he say, let's say Henrik makes some changes and he pushes uh, some commits to GitHub. Then what happens after that? Uh, I usually discuss it with Matt, get him to generate some new scenery for the beta testers. Uh, we, we send them a list of airports that have been changed, get them to look around and report anything if it anything looks funny. And if it does, you, an editor will edit it instantly. I mean, they're very quick. And yeah, we, we go through a couple of different update cycles in the beta just to make sure that everything is at a suitable level. And from there, it's just shipped as a as a package uh, sep- well, with the app when it's updated. Okay, so at some point the developers take it and they incorporate it into the app. Yeah. Okay, nice. And I won't ask how that happens because... Yeah, we won't go into that. It's a bit <laughs> longer. <laughs> that, that makes the episode too long. So, David, when uh, Henrik mentioned uh, navigation editing, what does navigation editing do and what goes into making that work? Uh, what is navigation editing Pretty much, navigation editing is basically all the ILS uh, and VORs and stuff like that uh, that you see in-game. When those are adjusted or moved, when the editors move runways, etc., they don't show up or they stop working or uh, you have to create new ones if they add a runway. So we, uh, myself, Henrik, and Sean go in and we, we go in and try and fix the data and make it as accurate as possible. Um... So it's not only accurate, but it fixes the the whole ILS issues uh, within the game. Okay, so and these numbers are what just sets of data that contain altitudes and headings and things like that. Yeah. So the stuff that's in the JSON files uh, are basically latitude, longitude, uh, some bearing stuff, 
heading stuff and uh, elevation and other coordinates that we use to create the ILSs and all the VORs and fixes you see in the game. Okay, nice. And you guys have some, I guess, decisions to make sometimes when you've got an airport like, let's say, London City, where the ILS is uh, actually different than most airports. Or you've got, um, uh, like, we have GPS approaches now that sort of act like ILS approaches. They're what, there was a term that Matt used at one point, like fake ILS approaches, basically. So that's to help pilots. But uh, uh, does that mean your workload is increased because they're putting Generally, in all these GPS approaches? Uh, GPS is, the GPS approaches are automatically made within the game, so we don't edit those. The only things we edit are the ILSs and the oh, okay. fixes, okay. which saves us a lot of time. Yeah, um, but airports like London City... We generally use, on all airports, we use real-life charts and get all the correct localizer intercepts and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm, uh, Kilt provides all the, uh, all the information to us most of the time, and if he doesn't, then we just you know, kind of look it up online. But the community was pretty outraged when uh, London City didn't have a five-degree intercept, so we <laughs> yeah. quickly got on that. Yeah. Okay. So, Henrik, is there a place where users can find all the video and written tutorials for how to do airport editing? Yeah, so we have a website. It's infiniteflightairportediting.github.io, and um, this, it contains like everything related to airport editing. And I'm currently reworking the website, so my plan is to have it like as a hub for all airport editing information. So it can be easily accessible, and it'll have everything related to airport editing, as well as maybe some navigation stuff here and there, and how to contribute and stuff like that. So Okay, awesome. So uh, we'll put a link to that. Is it live right now? Yeah, it's live. Okay, we'll put a link on the episode for that one. Mark, you should get into airport editing. Yeah. <clears throat> no. <laughs> you can hang out with uh, all these lovely guys on Slack. Well, you know, it's something that I would love to do, but it, it's like I've told Henrik and I've told Cam. It's you know, I would absolutely love to do it, but my time is so consumed with so many other things right now, and I know me, I know the way that I am, that I would spend probably too long on an airport trying mm-hmm. to get every little thing perfect, you know put in all the little details and stuff like that. I would, I know that I would spend way too much time on just one airport where it may take these guys one or two hours. You know, I'm one or two days minimum, but I would love to do it. Well, you should have seen some of Jonathan's early airports. That took him a couple of weeks. Uh, what, what were they, Jonathan? You did uh, Birmingham, uh, Birmingham, London City, yeah. Gatwick as uh, well. Gatwick. South End. South End. Um, uh, they did quite oh, a few. Yeah. They were they, really good. They were, they were quite intense, that was. I was glad when it was finished, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, you started a thread on the forum called Project A380. Can you tell us what that's all about? I, I was speaking with Cameron, and we, we talked about global, and Cameron was wanting to brainstorm what could we do to expand when we go global. The thought was, if we had all the A380 airports globally, that would give us a really good foothold to start to go to the global position. 
i.e. If, if all A380 airports exist, then our customer base should be happy because we have pretty much the whole map of the world. I mean, it's really just to pull together a, uh, I guess, a framework or a network of the kind of minimum start for global. So that way we would have uh, a good starting point to go global. You would have all the major airports which would link up. A380 being the biggest uh, civil plane, if you cover all the airports, then theoretically you should have a good network in the globe to start going global. Okay, oh, that after, makes sense. After that, we, yeah, after that, we can then fill in everything else as needed. Uh, the, the idea is that we do the main airports first, but that's not stopping anyone from joining us to come and help on some of the smaller airports as well. Uh, if Even if we get someone just coming, helping out with a couple of their local airports, it can really help us build our library and help... Uh, other infinite flight users discover new areas when it's released uh we, our time is limited so we can't do every airport in the world but but yeah we're more than welcome to join us on the website which henrik mentioned there'll be more information on how to do that can you guys give us i hadn't planned on asking this but can you guys give us any hints as to what airports might be coming down the pipe that have been really requested in the past so we have two um, lists. You have the A380 list, which I have on my website. And uh, Ice Blue is running a different project where he's asking the user base to add, and he's creating another list of airports to help support what the user really wants. Okay, nice. And you mentioned your website. What's your website? www.kiltmchaggis.com <laughs> I can't wait to go to that. <laughs> I hope it's got just flags everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Picture of a, a kilt with a smiley face on it. Well, I have a question, uh, Tom. Any way you can send any of them Celtic women my way? <laughs> He's not going to answer that. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I guess I'll take that as a no. Keeping them all to myself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just awesome. dingy. <laughs> so, guys, when and I don't know who best is to answer this, but when we have, <clears throat> when I'm spawning at an airport at the moment, I don't know what gate to spawn at with uh, with a heavy unless I'm doing some research in advance to find out. Okay, what what gates do these heavies usually park at? At let's say LAX. So, is there anything? that may be coming down the pipe for that purpose to, to tell you okay here's here's where this is the airplane you're flying here's roughly where you should be spawning here's where those here's where that airplane will fit so that you're not you know automatically bunched up against other airplanes when you spawn well that i can say is a really rough question um my website does color code the size of the airplanes for at each airport so you can look at that visually but not in the game one of the biggest challenges we have in the game is how do we outline the correct size? If you were to put some sort of indicator in the airport that said, hey, this is a big plane, a, a heavy plane, etc., it then kind of goes against the grain of it needs to be realistic. Mm. So that's, that's the devil that you're facing is a dichotomy. Do we try and make the game more usable or do we make it look realistic? And I think what we're looking at right now is make it as realistic as possible and the user base just has to learn. But Cameron's new tool will be integrating some of my airports, and that way they can actually see as they look at Cameron's tool what 
color code, i.e. if it's heavy um, commuter or whether it's a, a regional plane. Hope that helps. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with Cameron's tool. <laughs> Why not? I promise it works, seriously. <laughs> okay. Joe, I know you're out there. I know you're going to say something about Joe this. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of uh, this new tool that Cameron's creating, Cam, why don't you talk about it? Well, yeah, if you follow Life Flight on Facebook or Twitter, you've probably seen me tease this a bit here and there. Uh, I've basically been w- reworking Life Flight from scratch. Uh, it's, it's just been rewritten completely. Uh, I've added a couple of new things and I've fixed a lot of annoyances, but uh, it's all going to be in a nicer interface. And one of the big things I'm adding is airport information. So you'll be able to see uh, active runways, the weather for the airports, active controllers. And I've been working with Kilt as well, or Tom even, uh, to uh, to make his charts available within LifeLight. So you can instantly just tap on an airport or search for it. And uh, you have a list of the charts that are available there by terminal or just uh, overall for the airport. And you can just have a look there instantly. And I think this is quite a, a good way to do some pre-flight planning really so you can see without having to go elsewhere uh see exactly where you can you can start at what gate and really prepare your flight well nice guys i'm actually looking at kiltmchagas.com right now and this is really amazing i didn't even know this website existed but i'm going to say flightcast says go to kiltmchagas.com check out some of the data there's a massive amount of data here but you can click on an airport and it tells you uh, not only what the airport schematic is but color codes where regional jets park where heavies park where a380s park this is fantastic nice job tom i wish i had known about it sooner thank you sir wow that looks daunting this gives me anxiety just looking at all this data so good Jonathan, do you have some airport editing stats to share with us? I do, yes. Uh, There are airports globally that are available to edit. There are 27,000 over the world. Um, And that gives us 33,000 runways to take off and land from. Um, And there are 31,600 ramp starts. So that's a lot of... uh, a lot of typing labels for uh, names. For, yeah. uh, frequencies are around 22,000 for the ATC uh, to tune into. Uh, VORs and fixes, there are nearly 125,000 of them. Um, currently, we have 250 charts available from Tom's site. And... 450 edits so far which is pretty good wow 450 edits it's awesome you guys cam how many people are on your team right now I, you guys invited me briefly to your slack team so that we could organize this interview and i noticed lots of people chatting but i didn't check to see really who who was on there but uh what's your what's your number what are your numbers so far it's a good question slack team we've got over 90 but we've got quite a lot of people that are doing exams or have just joined just to see. So we've got quite a lot of onlookers, unfortunately. Okay. But um, I'd, I'd, it's safe to say we've had over 50 different editors at least, if not more. Uh, directly to GitHub, we've had uh, 19 contributors, uh, but most of that also includes uh, our airport reviewers 
and uh, a couple of people that have sent it in manually. But uh, but yeah, we've had quite a lot of people email it in over the past few years. Okay, so out of if you had to wager a guess, then the the number of really active contributors would be how many roughly? Really active, uh, ten, fifteen. Okay. So, I mean, we've got quite a lot of people in the team. I mean, the guys that are here today, uh, Douche, uh, Ice Blue. Uh, we've also got uh, Patrick from the forum who's joined recently and is quite active. Uh, a couple of other guys as well that are actually getting out there. So it's it's really good to see how much this is growing. Nice. One thing that is annoying to me and annoying to others and especially the controllers, places like Aspen, Eagle River, stuff like that, what can we do to minimize heavies going into those fields? Because in real life, nothing larger than a CRJ, uh, the ERJs, a dash, in real life can go into Aspen. The 757 can go into Eagle County. But how can we make adjustments, or is there a way to make adjustments? Inside WED itself, we can actually assign to the gates what type of aircraft can be used, and we are doing so. That just hasn't been integrated into the tool yet. Oh, okay. Currently at uh, Bravo and Charlie airports, you typically should not be able to spawn a large aircraft there. But uh, we should be able to put more finesse in it if we turn that particular portion on in the tool. And that would be good because, you know, and, and I would say on infinite flight purposes, yes, there, we, we do have to make adjustments from realism to infinite flight. Uh, so, you know, I would say, for example, such as at, at Aspen, absolutely, and, and Eagle County, absolutely zero heavies. Anything larger, a 67, a 767 or larger, simply can't spawn there can't fly into there uh, because when you get two A380s trying to uh, spawn or taxi there on the ramp at Aspen, it, it, it's pretty much just taken up. So, you know, for purposes of infinite flight, 737, 757, A320, uh, stuff like that can go into Aspen, just no heavies. I wonder if there's a yeah, way that the developers could, um, you know, no. do a throttle cut or something if they get into the uh, into the airspace of one of those just like they do no. if you go out of region. I've already checked on that. Nah. Okay. You, you, at the yeah. moment, you've got the uh, the prevention for spawning there if you've got a massive aircraft. But uh, but yeah, the filters a bit is set on the weak side. Uh, I, th- I think the flying into it, cutting out the airspace, cutting out the throttle even should be an idea that could work. But uh, we've got the data there. Uh, Mark, you just need to go and yell at your boss, basically. Try and convince him. <laughs> so So I think... I think what you suggested there is a fantastic idea, but it should be at the discretion of the controller. Uh, anyone who's going into that airspace that is unmanned, uh, who cares? You know, they're enjoying themselves and let them do it. But if you're in a true airport which is being manned and you want to have correct etiquette there, then if you're the controller, you should say this airport is too big and cut them. Right. Well, the thing about that is that if it is unmanned and let's say, you know, I like to fly a Dash 8 in there and I'll get a group of the controllers or whatever and we'll do a morning flight. Uh, from Denver to Aspen or whatever. And uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, we're flying in, and there's like seven 380s, a couple 777s uh, that are on the on the runway. And it wasn't manned, so there was really little to no room for us to be able to taxi around. So, you know, it needs to be said, and those are really the two airports that I can only think of. 
that we have these major issues with. That's why I was saying if there was something specific that could be done on the editing side to minimize the ability to even spawn there. But but you're cutting out the fun. It's great trying to land in A380 at, at KASE. And then that's, do that's that on the free flight. But do sure. that on the free flight server. You see, not not on the uh, not on the advanced server or on the playground. Do that more on the free flight where you can do whatever. I, I agree. The the challenge here, I guess, people are going to be people. People like to noise people up too. We can only really control that with a controller there who could have the ability to cut someone who's big. Yeah, and I guess really, if you want to get down to, to brass tacks, you we can do that. We there's a ghost button. Uh, there's a report button, and if we notice somebody flying in there, that's uh, when we've told them that the airport's too big, and they continue inbound. Then guess what's going to happen? Uh, I guess what we're talking about here more is the automated version of that. But yeah, uh, to be more proactive instead of reactive. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Henrik, getting back to the the actual airport editing team, how? How can someone join the the team if they're interested? What are the requirements? Um, do they need a PC? Uh, do they need version control knowledge? How does it all work? So uh, getting started is actually pretty easy. Um, you need a PC. It works on Windows, Mac, and Linux, I believe. And um, you don't really need to know any version control knowledge. But um, so to start, like. To start off, you have to email airports at com and ask to join the team. And then we'll then one of the email reviewers will uh, reply to your email with uh, some general information about the airport editing team as well as some uh, tips and advice to get started. And then we'll also invite you to the Slack team. And if you're not familiar with Slack yet, it's a messaging service we use to uh, communicate with other editors and stuff. So in the Slack team, you can ask uh, other editors for advice or you can ask questions. You can also get up-to-date information, uh, like announcements regarding airport editing, stuff like that. And uh, there are some programs you need to install to get editing. So the first one is GitHub Desktop. Uh, next one is Xplain. You need to explain because um, the world editor we use requires Xplain to kind of work, I guess. So uh, next is the World Editor software itself and WebBing. And WebBing is a software you, we use to import uh, Bing satellite imagery into uh, the World Editor so we can draw accurate airports with accurate taxiways and accurate taxi lines and stuff. So uh, yeah, that's basically it for getting started with airport editing. So, so that's actually pretty interesting to me. You guys are taking... A uh, and maybe I'll toss this one out to David since uh, we haven't heard a whole lot from you, David. When when you're starting out with an airport, do you start out with that satellite image as a as a starting point, or how does that how does that little that process work? Yeah. So when you download Wed, you you open the airport through the files and whatnot. I'm not going to get into that, but uh, you open it in Wed, and then you have Wed Bing as a side program, and that opens in your browser. And what you can do is you can take that satellite imagery. Uh, and you could take a portion of that, and it will fit in uh, into your world editor. And then, if the airports maybe not aligned or something, then you know you know where all the taxiways and the runway is supposed to go, and and stuff like that. Okay, nice. Okay, so how would somebody actually 
contact you guys in the event they spot something wrong with one of you know one of the airport markings or something like that how how would they go about contacting to get that corrected well they could uh, always make a topic on the forum uh just uh, attach a picture of the uh, issue and then one of our airport editors would uh fix it so yeah okay well, I'd like to just add to that. Uh, we've recently been realigning ourselves in as much as we have Henrik uh, looking at the airports coming in from the new editors. Once he's finished looking at them, I usually try and catalog them and make sure we have all the gates assigned and make sure we have some good building definition in the centre. So we do a two-pass before the engines, uh, before the airports are now typically released to the library. Just an FYI. Okay. Nice. Now, what about, um, I know what the question is now, what about um, variations over the years? Uh, for example, you know, my airport here in Mobile uh, that I fly out of, when I first started flying runway, uh, we had 1432 and 1836. Uh, now it's 1533, still 1836. There's, there's about a one degree uh, variant annually, or actually it's a half a degree variant annually. Are you guys going to stay on top and make you know to make those adjustments it helps as someone tells us i mean as jonathan mentioned earlier we've got over twenty-seven thousand airports in the library so it's quite hard for us to keep on top of all of the all of these airports uh so we ask for your help with that wherever possible so if you see that the uh, magnetic variation has changed and the runway number has, has changed as a result of that uh, just post it on the forum or message one of us let us know and i mean that's that's a really simple fix we could get it done within the minute basically and is okay. there a specific category on the forum that they would go to cam good question um, i think it'd be the, cost, the developer category I'd, I'd say developer cost will probably tell me off later but yeah that's like <laughs> well he's not here so yeah uh, and he's a newbie so <laughs> oh is he an airport editor as well yeah he joined, he joined yesterday <laughs> yesterday yeah as if he doesn't have enough to do already <laughs> Who is this? Yeah. For Carson? our listeners, Carson, yeah. So for our listeners, uh, uh Carson is probably one of the most active forum mods oh that we Lord. have. Probably <laughs> not. <laughs> probably definitely not. by far. Yeah. Yes, definitely by far. So now he's going to do some airport editing maybe for the summer. Carson is great. He he's become my own personal secretary on the forum. I know I can just type whatever and within a minute everything I've typed is going to be completely corrected. So I can just type whatever and Carson's going to fix it. So thank you, Carson. And I need some coffee. <laughs> you probably need a fan since you had to turn off your air conditioning for this interview, Mark. Oh yeah. Uh, my thermostat is now reading hell. <laughs> Mark's air conditioner <laughs> decides to make this ungodly noise every once in a while. I was like, dude, you got to turn it off for the interview. I'm not, I don't want to listen to that noise anymore. The, the best the best was when your air conditioner interrupted Steve Thorne in episode oh, 22. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. no more air conditioner, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this is a good chance to just open it up. Is there anything anyone would like to add before I let you guys go today? Well, I just want to add one thing. Uh, when Cameron was talking about live flight and his whole eye situation, he meant to say we... <laughs> You're issuing a correction. <laughs> David, I'm nothing. so glad you pointed that out. That is so awesome. 
So, so when you say we, do you mean it's small? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> in Scotland, I guess that's what it would mean. <laughs> yeah, that's my we project. If anything, David just sits on the sidelines, answers an email if he feels like it. I'm I'm the bench warmer of the team. David's riding How, the pines. You, you say that with yeah. enthusiasm too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, guys, anything yeah, else just before wanna, I actually do the... Uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to take the opportunity to thank everyone that contributed. I mean, I didn't imagine this would grow so much back when I started it. And I've got a great team of guys here helping, as, as you've probably heard. And it, it, it's really cool seeing how it's going. And now that we're moving into Global Flight, the Infinite Flight announced a couple of months ago, it's, it's just going to get better. And I can't wait to see where this is going to head. Fantastic. Well, guys, thank you so much for making time for me today and uh, for all that you do for Infinite Flight. And it's really nice to be able to hear, you know, what goes into it behind the scenes and hear from some of our kind of long-term unsung heroes. So uh, to all of you on the airport editing team, uh, including these guys that have joined me today, thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That was a selection of the Infinite Flight Airport Editing Team, and they were hanging out with us today on Skype. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you haven't already, head over to the App Store or Google Play and download Infinite Flight. For more of the podcast, visit our website and be sure to subscribe on iTunes or YouTube. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash flightcastaudio and on Twitter at flightcastaudio. If you have any ideas for the show, please leave them in the comments. Flightcast is brought to you by Linkhouse Media on the web at linkhousemedia.com. We can always use your financial support to keep us going, and now a new way to do that is to head over to flightcast.audio slash shop and get your very own Flightcast hat, t-shirt, and other accessories. You can also donate by visiting flightcast.audio and clicking the yellow donate button in the sidebar. To cover the fine print, Flightcast is not affiliated with Infinite Flight or Flying Development Studio. I'm Jason Rosewell. Thanks for listening and happy landings. Wow, what was that? That's me moving my mic. Are you moving a mic or making a balloon animal? That's what it sounded like. <laughs> uh, That's up to your interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> Cam's doing some freaky stuff over there. And um, you can give us a little status update on the tutorials, and then we'll do our intro. Okay? All right. All right. All right, Dan. Let's do this. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> And from London, England, and currently attending... Uh, so it's... Say it again, sorry. Uh, Luthbra. Like L-U-T-H? Luth or L-U-F? L-U-S-B-R-A. Okay. Luthbra. L- Luthbra. Like I would say Luthbra. 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 Yeah, that's it. Alright, so L-U-F-B-R-O. Luthbra. Yeah. Luthbra, there you go. okay. You got to spell it out for these Canadians, man. They, it's, it's an ongoing process. Okay, if you're looking at the look, look at the name of this university. It's Loughborough. <laughs> Loughborough. Okay. English people always making complicated. Stuff. I know. That's like alum, aluminium. Just say from university in England. You want me to say it? No, I got it. All right, everyone, shut up. I'm gonna finish this, and I will do the rest of my outro later. Thanks, guys. All right. Come on. Do it now. You want to hear it now? See you fail. Yeah, yeah, do it now. All right. I want to see you oh. fail.
Y'all might as well get out the damn popcorn for this. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this here we go. Another thirty minutes right here. <clears throat> I'm gonna make you proud, Mark. Here we go. Ready? I hope so. All right. Shocker that Cam has something that's not working right. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I'm just gonna say this. Shut up. <laughs> politely, politely, of course. Yes. Now we're talking. This is gold. <laughs>